Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast. Happy Thursday. So close to Friday. Hey, Claude, how you doing? Hey, guys. Hey, Jax. I'm doing good. Slept 12 hours, feeling bright and bubbly and effervescent. I'm so jealous. I did not sleep 12 hours. And do you want to know why? Why? Two things. One, I was happy to lose sleep over. The other, I was not. Okay. First, Billboard Music Awards, three hours and change. Second, Real Housewives of Orange County, the most boring content I've seen in a long ass time. Yeah, I um, I actually work, you know what they say, work smarter, not harder. I Mm -hmm. managed to watch like a bunch of the Billboard Music Awards and all of OC just like by being shady, like recording, you know, jumping back and forth. The Billboard Music Awards after Luke Combs performed, like I completely lost interest in. There were some, there were some moments. I fast forwarded through the performances that I started that I was like, oh, um, I'm good on this. Like, I'll, I'm good. But I'm glad that I watched till the end, even though I fast forwarded, because I caught some really stellar performances. Some of my favorites of the night that like, I wouldn't have expected to be my favorites. But we're going to recap it in the first story. So I'm excited to hear all your thoughts on one of music's biggest nights. One of. One of many. Um, I wanted to come on here and say that, um, Theo has a statement he'd like to issue, if that's okay with everyone. Oh my gosh, of course, of course, of course, of course. So Theo is returning to the studio on Monday, October 19th, um, along with us. Mm -hmm. If you guys have been waiting for us to come back, we will be filming and recording audio on Monday, October 19th, so you have nothing to be worried about. Theo will be there, and he just wanted to let everyone know, like, he's coming in hot. Like, he is really coming in fired up. I mean, I wouldn't expect anything less from him, but, like, to hear that from his mouth, like, just gets me so excited. And honestly, it inspires me to, you know, give it all, give my all and leave it all in the studio. Because if Theo's doing it for us, like, we should be doing it for ourselves. So I'm so excited to hear that. He's honestly an inspiration. He's the hardest working man in television. And I cannot, like, when I see him on Monday... I am going to die. Like, I miss him so much. We've been apart for far too long now. And I I, and I think he, we have separation anxiety from one another. Like, we really miss each other. And it's just going to be a beautiful moment. Also, you just reminded me that yesterday, Jackie and I filmed, um, recorded a Patreon podcast episode. It was a part two to something we did last month, which was like, we each took like a 60 question quiz about how well we know one another. So this one was, I was taking the quiz about how well I know, how well I know Jackie. And 
I'm not going to lie. I think I aced the test and the podcast episode was hilarious. We just learned so much about Jackie. It's on the Patreon. And then there's also part one, if you missed it, about the quiz about me. Um, Patreon.com slash The Morning Toast. And I'm actually recording right after this a podcast with Taylor Strucker for our Patreon. She's a fabulous gal. Always has lots to update us on. And it's going to be fabulous. So if you're not a Patreon member, now's the time. Now's the time, and you're also taking questions for the Taylor Strucker episode, so I need to submit my questions because I will be listening to this as just like a fan of the Taylor Strucker show. I'm such a fan of the Taylor Strucker show. And so I got to get my questions in for the woman herself. Yeah, no, it's a big deal. Like, we have a big deal coming on the Patreon. Don't miss out. And like... Like we said on um, yesterday's Patreon, in the world of patreon.com slash the morning toast, when it rains, it pours. So this is a week where it's going to be raining premium content. And if you were ever on the fence about joining, I think this is your week. I really do. Get your umbrella. It's raining. Get your umbrella. It's raining toast. Hey, hallelujah. hallelujah. It's yeah, raining toast. raining toast. Amen. Uh, I miss Theo. <laughs> me too. He's not even like, <laughs> literally, I never even see him because he hates me. Um, so I, I, I know what you're going through, Jackie. I really miss him too. You know what? I'm going to do something so annoying, but I'm surprised I haven't done it sooner. So you recently mentioned that you have a secret special project that is dropping really soon. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm going to spoil it for everyone. Okay. No, I'm, I'm kidding. No, I think that I want to share that I actually have something secret and special that um, yes, yes. is happening in, that's happening in my world like really soon and I'm not going to share yet not because I want to be annoying but because I don't want to jinx it because I want to make sure that like it really happens but I think that a lot of people are going to be really happy for me. No, no. I think pretty much you just gave it away and it's so fabulous and it's so wonderful and it's such a blessing and we're very much looking forward to this project. Yeah, and I just want to say I'm not pregnant, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Because that's like really sad if that's what everyone assumes. Yeah. And like, it's not, like, yeah. it's not like that. Yeah. So I just wanted to get everyone as excited as I am because I feel like there's a pep in my step. And, you know, I just want you guys to know why. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So now it's out there, sort of. And now that that's <laughs> out there, I think we can dive in. What do you think? Oh, 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 oh. You know, I think this is a good time to bring this up because I feel like the dive ins have been extremely hasty recently. Oh, really? Like, no, I just feel like before COVID, like we used to shoot the shit for like 15 minutes and then we would take a dip right in, you know? And even though right now I actually am ready to dive right in because I do want to talk about the Billboard Music Awards, I feel as though like sometimes we just got to let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, sometimes there's also nothing to say and like we have to get on with our show. No, but like I have plenty of things to say. Oh, sorry. I'm, was, I'm t- that's why I asked. I'm talking and talking. That's why I asked. I'm are talking you, and that's talking. why I asked. Are you ready? You have something you want to say? Say it, I, girlfriend. I, okay. I don't get ready. I stay ready to deliver the fast five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. So just to be clear, was there anything else you wanted to say? Like there wasn't anything on the tip of my tongue, but I just could have kept going talking about like what's new with us. What's new with you, Jax? I'm sorry. I mean, you'll have to see. Okay, so to be clear, there was nothing that you wanted to talk about. No, but like. I want, I reserve the right to keep talking. (laughs) Okay, sure. Well, I reserve the right to tell everyone that today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is it preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. 
BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It is not self-help. It is a professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertises available, which may not be locally available to you in many areas. This, this is The service is available for clients worldwide. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit betterhelp.com slash toast. That's betterhelp.com slash toast to join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. There's a special offer for the Morning Toast listeners. So if you want to get 10% off your first month, go to betterhelp.com slash toast. It's never been a more pertinent time to reach out and ask for help and doing it online makes it for me it feels like so much like more comfortable um Mm -hmm. and the fact that you can switch up counselors if you're not like feeling the one you were paired with is great because they always say like you need to shop um a ton before you land on the therapist of your dreams yes exactly sign on get better help Okay, first story, Billboard Music Awards 2020. See the complete list of winners, and let's talk about the performances. So in the winners category, Post Malone was the night's big winner. He took home nine Billboard Music Awards. He won Top Artist. Billie Eilish won Top New Artist. Harry Styles won the Billboard Chart Achievement Award. Post Malone won Top Male Artist. Billie Eilish won Top Female Artist. Jonas Brothers won Top Duo or Group. Hosting Malone won top Billboard 200 artist. Uh, he also won top Billboard 100 artist. He also won top streaming songs artist. Lizzo won top song sales artist. Hold on. Jonas Brothers won top radio songs artist. BTS won the top social artist. Fan voted. And according to their speech, they won five years in a row. Pink won the top touring artist. Khalid won top R&B artist. And the list goes on and on. But those are the major categories. And Posty, it was really like Post Malone and Billie Eilish. Yes. Who took home the night's biggest accolades that were shown on TV. Yeah, like for the most part, I don't really tune in for the Billboard Music Awards, like for the awards. Um, I really wanted to see Kelly. I wanted to see her intro, her Kelly Oki. She usually does like a medley of the year's greatest songs. She did not do that. She did Higher Love, which I loved. Um, she brought out Pentatonics, who I think are like some of the most annoying people on earth. But they actually did a great job like supporting her vocally. And um, also Sheila E., who's like a, an amazing percussionist. Like it was actually a really good performance. But they really did not you know, whoever was producing this, like, was out to get Kelly because the lack of a fake audience, like, really hindered the the vibe, the progress, like, going from one performance to another and then presenting some a new presenter. Like, there was no fluidity. It was just constant awkward silences. And she even addressed um, her, like, the choice to not have a fake audience. And she did this whole bit with the remote. And I thought after that, like, she would have it. And it just... it. It really needed it. And I thought that, like, the BBMAs as a whole had, like, a bunch of, like, glitches. Um, like po- Oh, I, I didn't see. Post Malone's performance, like, I don't know where he was. They had some sort of glitch, but, like, his mouth was not matching up with the audio for, like, the first three out of five minutes. And they just kept zooming out, like, thinking that we wouldn't notice. But, like, we did. They were, it was just glitchy-o. Yeah. It was very glitchy. 
Yeah, I did notice that the mouth was not syncing up. I thought maybe it was just my TV. I thought that they could have definitely benefited from a clapping track, but I respected the honesty in the fact that there was no one there. And I think despite the awkwardness, which was felt mostly when someone would announce a winner and then there was like no applause and someone would like squeak out Mm -hmm. and walk up to the microphone, it was like, I don't know, it just felt like some sort of comedy sketch. But I think that in lieu of all of that, Kelly did amazing. Yes. Like she just has this presence about her where she's just not awkward. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Like, and when there's an awkward moment, she just smooths it over. Like, what's it like to be that person? I have no idea. Like, I'm someone who makes an awkward moment like even worse. Yeah. And she just like with a laugh and with a chuckle, she just brushes it off. So I think she really was the woman for the job. I thought that her opening song, I agree. I thought it was going to be a medley of the year's biggest hits. It was not. It was just a beautiful song that was performed really well. And I feel like it's extremely on brand for you to hate pentatonics. Oh, is it probably just because I'm jealous that they don't want me to be a part of their group? Um, I just I don't really see the need for them like in society. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I I hear what I understand what you're saying. I personally don't agree. I always feel like in like if in any award show, whenever there's just like a special performance, like you can just slot pentatonics in to like do their pentatonicy thing, and they'll like elevate the performance you know and make it a little more interesting. I agree. Like I think t- talent wise, they're incredibly talented, and like you know, so much, so many of these award shows, it's like you really get to see the celebrities who like low key cannot sing or dance, and pentatonics just like. Year after year, ooh, excuse me. <clears throat> year after year is just like talented, getting better, more cohesive as a unit. But there's just something about them. Maybe it's their name, like, or just like their their branding as a group, like, bothers me so much. I don't know why. And I feel like this is like a universal thing. Does everyone hate pentatonics, or is it literally just me? Let me know. I feel like now that you've, you're putting it out there, like people are going to come forward with their hatred. You know, I have you know? like internalized pentatonics, like deep hatred. You know what I think it might be. I feel like maybe when they stepped out onto the scene, the lead singer, the female lead singer, had a pixie cut. No, actually, I don't think so because I actually think the lead singer and I was I thought this last night like she was her vocals were unbelievably incredible and I actually thought she like really gave Kelly a run for her money and she was so cute and I don't think it was the pixie cut. I just I don't know. Maybe it's about like you know my trauma from like high school choir, but I don't know. I just feel like they're like one of the most annoying groups, and I don't really get how like an acapella group is famous. And like I don't really get like, do they release their own music? And if so, like why is it terrible? Wow. I mean, these are some of the world's biggest <laughs> questions. I apologize to the um, pentatonist stands, but it's just it's how I feel. Yeah, you know what? She said what she said. She feels how she feels. And I don't feel strong enough about pentatonics to go toe-to-toe with you I'm so glad. Um, But I do want to give away my personal awards for my top three performances of the night. Because um, they're maybe not what you would have expected. My number one performance, best, best in show of the night, was BTS with Dynamite. I was literally staring at the screen like with a smile the way like the first time we watched uh, the Be Our Guest scene in the new Disney Beauty and the Beast movie. Like I was wowed. The song was so good. The dancing was so good. The vocals were so good. The backdrop. It was really like a show-stopping yep. performance because they were li- they were fi- it was filmed in South Korea at the airport and so they just like br- pulled out all the stops yeah. and it was really like 10 out of 10. Agreed. And I loved it. And I love that song and I love BTS and like 
I'm on my way to being a BTS fan. No, I know. We are my joining second, the army. Like, let's get our boots on. Let's go. Let's go. My second best performance of the night was Luke Combs. Agreed. Like, from the haircut to the song. I to love the, award, the haircut. To the speech. Like, he was looking like the Snatchler, first of all. Yep. Snatchlered up. Um, he sang better together. He sounded amazing. And I saw Snitch posted on the, this on her story, and I totally agree. Like, I'm so jealous of the people who just watched the BBMAs last night and, like, heard Luke Combs sing and were like, was like, oh, who's that guy? And are now, like, falling down a rabbit hole of Luke Combs content because there's just so much wonderfulness there. He looked so cute. I don't think I've ever, like, seen him in a blazer. Like, I think on the red carpet, he always wears a blazer. But then for his performance and when he sits in the, like, seats at the award shows, he always goes back to his, like, fishing outfit. And something about seeing him in a blazer with, like, this new haircut, like, just made me see him in a new light. And it was really... He's a brand new man. He's a brand new man. I was like, who is he? Who is this mysterious blazer wearing buzz cut gentleman? No, he really looked so stunning and he sounded amazing. And I was just so happy to see him back on the stage. What was your third favorite performance? My third favorite performance was Doja Cat. I thought that the way she did like her concept for her performance of it being like a showgirl Mm -hmm. Broadway um, moment was so good. She started with her song Juicy, but then went into Say So and um, another one of her songs. And she made them very like Marilyn Monroe. And I just thought the concept was so good. I love the songs and I'm loving her. Me too. And I was I was very I was wowed. I was wowed by her. Yeah, I feel like these artists these days, whenever they're doing award show performances, are just giving like a little bit extra, like giving a hundred percent. Whereas I feel like prior to COVID, there was just like an award show every month and it was just a part of being a celebrity and it was fun but like it was just very standardized and now I think that like a lot of celebrities actually missed not only like performing but the press and the prestige that comes with that and they're giving their all to these performances like they have been definitely been elevated since COVID and quarantine began yeah I agree with that and also because some of the performances like Sia were very bare bones you know, she was just stood on the stage and the, and there wasn't much going on. Like, it, the bar is kind of low because there isn't that much you can do right now. There, you can't have that many backup dancers. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you're limited. So when someone like Doja Cat, like, felt like has a whole chorus of herself, like, being showgirls, it, you respect the creativity a little more. Right. I mean, Kelly's opening performance had, like, a Zoom choir and it sounded really good. Stunning. It sounded really good. Also, yeah. now that you mentioned Sia, you know that, like, here at the Morning Toast, we have the utmost respect for Sia's songwriting, singing abilities, and her ability to be obsessed with the Kardashians. But, but, I would be yeah. remiss. I would be devast- devastated. I would even, not to be dramatic, I would be heartbroken if I just didn't mention that her performance was really disgraceful. Yeah, no, it really was. Like, I, that's, I don't want to go into it because it's it hurts yeah. to talk about being a Sia stan, but it was really bad, and... um there's just there's no other word for it yeah it was boring it was bad and I'm not trying to be a hater I'm just saying like as someone who appreciates you know talent and I really find myself like watching these things not as a fan but more as like a a talent critique you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um I just found it to be below the standard of what I've come to expect from Sia I agree with you I agree I said it that's that on that yeah we'll leave it at that 
Any other moments you would like to talk about before we move on? No, I mean, my favorite moments from award shows are really like all the celebrities sitting in the seats together, like seeing who's talking to who, who's sitting next to who, who stands for who, who claps for who. And that's the one thing that's really missing, even from like the best quarantine Zoom award show, which I think thus far was like the ACM Awards. Um, Mm -hmm. That's what's missing for me. And that's my favorite part. And I just can't wait to get back to those moments. Yeah, I feel that. One day, sis. One day. One day. Okay, next story, some sad couple news. Because Claudia's former dance counselor, Ashley Hebert and J.P. Rosenbaum, are splitting after eight years of marriage. Quote, our differences have taken a toll. For those who don't know. Ashley Hebert and J.P. Rosenbaum. For those who don't know, when I was, maybe it was the summer of 2004, I was very young. Cam Vega, my counselor, was Ashley Herbert. And then... I didn't watch she, when she was a bachelorette. I was like a little too young to be watching. And when I joined the fandom, I realized that my counselor, Ashley, was the bachelorette. And not only was she the bachelorette, she was like a successful one who got married and had kids. And then she came on the morning breath. And I was like, Queen, do you remember me? And she was like combing the back of her mind. And then she was I was like, you were my camper counselor. And she was like, Jenny. And I'm like, no, Claudia. And she didn't remember me. But I remembered her. She was the dance teacher at camp. And it was really um, a wonderful moment for Cam Vega. Yeah, that's the thing. The campers always remember the counselor. Yes. But the counselor doesn't always remember the campers. There's too many campers to remember. Remember. It's true. Well, her and her husband have decided to end their marriage after nearly eight years. She revealed on Instagram that she and JP have already been separated for, quote, months. She said, quote, it is with a heavy heart that I share with you that after months of separation, JP and I have amicably decided to go our separate ways. The pediatric dentist wrote alongside a photo of the couple dancing together. We created the most beautiful children and shared memories that will never be forgotten. Our differences have taken a toll on our relationship, and after years of attempting to repair the damage, we've decided that, is in our, that it is in our family's best interest to create new and separate lives for our children. That's Please so crazy. Our privacy as we move forward with the newness of our lives. That is, that's really crazy and surprising and ultimately sad because it's, you know, the end of a marriage, splitting of a family, yeah. but... If it's what's best for them, it's what's best for us. Yeah, no, it's it's what's best for them. It's just like when people have been married for so long, you sometimes like forget about them. It, not not in the sense that you forget about their existence, but like the possibility of them breaking up is just like not a thing. Like they're together for eight years, they're together forever. And if this is what they needed to do in order to, um, you know, be happy, I, I respect that. But this is sad. And you know what? It's sad for Bachelor Nation. I feel like this was... This was like ABC's like proudest accomplishment. You know what I mean? One of them. Yeah. yeah. I have a call. What? I have a call. She's going to be the bachelorette? Ashley Hebert. No, no, no. Nothing like that. It's a lookalike call. Oh. Yes. Wait. It. Ashley Hebert. Yeah. Reminds me of Ashley Darby. Oh. And Ashley Darby also reminds me of in this trio of lookalikes. Doja Cat. Okay, I'm not seeing any of these. Ashley H. looks like the mom from Awkward. Oh, I don't, I don't think about her. Oh, I do. She was just in Mad Men. Oh, was she? Oh, also? No. To me, like, Ashley H. has, like, similar looks and energy as Ashley Darby. And then watching Doja Cat last night, I was reminded of Ashley Darby. That's, that's it. And I look forward to, like just talking with the people who support me in my calls because I'm completely misunderstood here. Yeah, no, I'm not one of those people. I think, like, every call you make is delusional. I think every call that I make is, like, 
before its time. Mm-hmm. It's like it, I'm looking into their souls. Yeah. You know, you can't even see what I'm seeing. I'm soul searching. And it's like, it's not just the fotch. It's more than the fotch. Okay. Oh, also, I I finished Mad Men last night. And I was, like, really disappointed with how it ended. I know. um, I saw your story. And did you post it on your story? Yeah. And um, I understand why you were. But then you have to do some research. And then it starts to make sense. So basically, like, Don went off the rails. I know. and And you literally, and you think that, like, he is done. And he'll never, like, that he is cooked. But then he bounces back. And creates like the biggest ad of all time, which is that Coca Cola yes. commercial in the in the uh, what's it called? Like the, the field sort of setting, yeah. Um, and it, it, like, if you don't know that, that's really like one of the greatest advertisements of all time, then the end means nothing to you. But the message is that like Don, even as crazy and spinned out as he gets, he always comes back to like the best idea. Yeah. He's the best guy. Okay, in the listen. Even though throughout the show, like he is. Like, really not good at his job, and I didn't get that many creative ideas from him, and, like, I felt like he was, no offense, a slacker. Yes, I appreciate you assuming that I just didn't like it because I didn't understand it because I'm stupid. I got it. I no. I know that that ad is, like, so iconic, 1971 Coca-Cola, they still use that logo, slogan, logo, no, no, slogan, slogan, till this day. I know, and I see he got the idea in the commune, and I see it, and but I just... I was disappointed with the ending because it's like, this is how this group of brothers ends up. Like, Roger Sterling's living in Canada. P. Campbell's living in Wichita. Peggy's being, you know, like, treated like a shitty secretary, even though she's like a fancy copywriter at McCann. And now it's like, they're all separate. And I'm like, this is how the story ends. I'm like, I thought they were going to get the agency back together. You know, it's like, they ended like being cogs in a machine at McCann Erickson, even Don, even though he had this great idea, he's still one of like, what is it, 30 creative directors. I mean, makes you think then. Maybe there's a message in that. Yeah. And honestly, towards the end, I was just so, oh, I'm sorry. And then the worst of all, Betty dies. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. She had six months to live and like all the kids know. It was fucking horrible. Like, I get, I think that they were trying to at least from like a 2010 perspective or whenever the show was on, try and like, you know show like smoking has consequences like I think like they couldn't just have everyone in the show smoking every five seconds without like someone getting lung cancer because that's not what happens people do get lung cancer from smoking so I think they took Betty out which was devastating because like what is Henry Francis going to do without her and he was aging like a fine wine like every year he was just more handsome and like svelte and he was getting fit and trim and it was just fabulous so she had to die and that really upset me. And I don't know, I was just like disappointed in so many of how the characters like ended off. Like Megan was the fucking worst. She gets a million dollars from Don because he's like in a good mood that day. Don was the fucking worst too. Like terrible at his job, never at the office, but also always at the office. Can't cheat on, can't stay faithful to literally anyone. Thinks that he's so brilliant and just runs away to Wisconsin. Like that whole thing when he ran away and they thought he stole the money and it was whole, so bizarre. Yeah, the end really did kind of get bad. Um, but I don't even... I just remember the end being that Coca-Cola commercial, and it's just like, Don's the greatest. Yeah, but, like, you know what? He's not. <laughs> like, honestly, more no, I, I agree. more often than not, like, Peggy had better ideas than him. Even, like, the other guys, like, Ginsburg and Stan. Oh, and then, then Peggy and Stan end up together, and I'm like, were we supposed to be shipping them the whole time? I really thought they were just friends. Like, it wasn't... Like, that's... I, thought, I liked Peggy with Ted Chaw. I don't remember who Stan is or Ted See, Shaw. exactly. Oh, no, Ted Shaw, I remember. Oh, yeah, he was, like, her boss at the other place. Yeah, and when they merged, he was her boss back at Sterling Cooper. 
Got it. Got it. Well, I'm glad you're done. We can all move on with our lives very sadly, but, you know, there's things to be done. Yeah. Like, like talking about the fact that John Cena is a married man. Oh, I'm so he upset about this. I'm so upset. Shay Sharia Tzadeh in Florida in a shock to many people, but not really to me. So the actor and pro wrestler wed his girlfriend, Shay, at an attorney's office on Monday in Tampa, Florida, according to a marriage certificate obtained by People. The couple, who have been linked since March 2019, obtained a marriage license on Friday, according to the document. Share your thoughts. Um, I'm sharing my thoughts on behalf of Nikki Bella. I think that this is a disgrace. It's like all she wanted. She lowered her bar for him so much. She loved him so much. He didn't want to get married. She said she wouldn't get married. He didn't want to have kids. She said she wouldn't get kids. And then she's like, you know what? I do want to get married. And literally, he couldn't just sign that one piece of paper for her. And now, I'm happy for her because she's living her life and she has a baby and she has Artem and she's very happy. But it stings. Yeah, I mean, I I hear what you're saying, but as far as we knew, like, Nikki and John were engaged. They were going to be married. There was a wedding on the books. That's true. And not it's not for John's lack of commitment that they didn't get married. Like, there were major issues there. Definitely centered around, like, the family component. I think that if John and Shay have a baby, like, Nikki Bella will... Riot. Shut it down. Yeah. But, I, and, and so will I. Because that's the thing to me that, like, John Cena would never do. Mm-hmm. But I do think that he overcame his fear of marriage with Nikki, and then he was ready to make that commitment with the next person. Yeah, she no. really did get him ready. She got him ready for the next girl. Like Nikki, but I do, Nikki I put in all shocked. that effort just so some other woman could reap the benefits. I mean, that's always how it happens. Yeah. But like the thing that would shock me is if they have a family together because he is not a family man yeah. as far as we know. So I'm happy for the two of them. I, Nikki has so much love and happiness in her life. Yes. And I think that John bore the brunt of their breakup. And we, we, we've we all taken Nikki's side. Yeah. And I think that John deserves happiness as well. So, And I think he's actually like a really nice, funny person. And he seems happy. So Whatever. I'm going to give it to him. I just like I was so emotionally invested in their relationship and specifically their breakup. And Nikki so far has just been like winning. She has like her baby and her man and she's like living her life. And I, I get that, you know, John Cena deserves happiness, too. I'm just so firmly team Nikki that it's hard for me to see the other side. But you're right. He deserves happiness. And this is good. Yeah, this is good. Happy for them. Know that we are. OK, Next up, Ariana Grande says that she's releasing a new album this month. Yes. Her tweet already has a million likes, and she's saying, I can't wait to give you my album this month. Now, after watching the Billboard Music Awards, like, where it was all about, like, Ari's thank you next year, mm-hmm. and she was nominated for so many things but didn't win any because I guess she didn't want to go. Yeah. Um, it made me, like, miss this, that era of when, like, Ariana Grande was just, like, dropping bangers that were directly related to her personal life and, yeah. like, literally telling us exactly what's going on with her. I feel like there was, like, a six-month period where Ariana Grande was doing the absolute most at all times, like, in terms of releasing music, award shows, like, just she was everywhere and also struggling a lot with her mental health. And you and I spoke a lot how we just, like, wished she would take a break. It's, like, it's a lot to constantly be touring, releasing music, touring, releasing music. Um, and I feel like she actually has taken a pretty steady break even before quarantine forced us all to go into break mode she took like a little bit of a break and I feel like that's really good and I feel like she's going to come back like much stronger and healthier and sound of mind and that's really all we can hope for from our pop stars 
It is. And it is interesting how, like, we wanted Ari to take a nap and take a break. And she was forced to Mm -hmm. with quarantine. A lot of artists who, like, were in this cycle of, like, tour, album, tour, album, like, have had eight months of some peace and quiet and have probably just been working on new music. And I think that's exactly what she's been doing because, like, she literally can't not work. Right. And so I'm happy that she probably got some really good naps in. But I'm ready for AG6. Wow, I can't believe it's been six albums already. It's crazy. Yeah. Not to once again like pit women against other women, but I always find it so shocking. But here we go. Yeah. I always here find it so go. shocking that Selena Gomez is like the biggest, you know, pop star in the world, like most followed. When in reality, she like doesn't have that much music. And her most recent album, Rare, was her second album. And she's been around, you know, just as long, if not longer, than Ariana Grande, who's managed to bang out six albums. Yeah, she's been around longer in like the music scene and so her first album I know we always have this conversation but you're counting like Selena Gomez on the scene right of course Selena Gomez in the scene was everything of the sort and that was literally an amazing album who says who, who says, says yeah so not perfect so her first album it's very confusing she okay sorry she said three albums apologize oh, okay but what's the second album wolves revival oh. Yeah, I don't know. I can't. I, I can't. Um, anyways, I mean, Stars I guess Dance, when you put out... Revival, and Rare. And and um, Selena Gomez and the Scene. It's not on her Wikipedia. But does Wikipedia include Selena Gomez and the Scene? No, so now I just Googled Selena Gomez and the Scene, and they had three albums together, Kiss and Tell, A Year Without Rain, and When the Sun Goes Down, which I think it's so bizarre that all the fandom is like, SG three or whatever when her new album's coming out when now it's like she's had a lot of music yeah so if she had three with them and three alone she's she's at sg6 and i think for sg7 she needs to call up the scene yes because clearly when she is with them in the studio the best work comes like kiss and tell i can't deny a year without rain she a year with it's just beautiful stuff who says you're not perfect i can't and i shan't and i went i really went yeah she needs to get the scene back together for S-G-A-T-S, eight. Yeah, you know what? Um, Seven. You know what it, Selena Gomez in the scene reminds me of? Hmm. Nick Jonas when he first started his solo career. And the administration. And the administration. That's like such an interesting like way to brand your band. Not to get political, but I love <laughs> Nick Jonas and the administration. <laughs> yeah, that was like a funny, weird thing that he did. They were good. I want someone to love me hey. who I am. Hey. That was really good. I'm pretty sure I saw him perform um, with the admin at the Beacon Theater when I was a young woman. Wow. You had so many fond experiences as a young woman. It was a beautiful night for us NJ fans. Okay, are you ready for our fifth and final story? Yep. Because Hoda Kotb is revealing who the worst Today Show guest was. She was on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen on Wednesday. And both Hoda and Kathy agreed that Frank Sinatra Jr. 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 <laughs> was their worst guest on the Today Show. Hoda said it was the worst guest we've ever had bar none. He came for a book. He had a book he was promoting and he didn't want to talk about it. So he didn't say anything. It was so weird. By the way, this was that the is so funny. This was the episode of Watch What Happens Live I was telling you about with Lenny Kravitz. It was such a good episode because Hoda is like like a friend of Bravo. Like she does this all the time. And I feel like it's actually hard to be a guest with Hoda because her and Andy are like best friends. 
she was there promoting her new book and Andy's like actually in the book. Like they're so close. And I feel like maybe Lenny Kravitz could have felt like an outsider, but Hoda has this energy about her. She's so, maybe that's why she's literally the most successful morning show host because she's the most welcoming woman in America. Like she's warm and graceful. And there's something about her energy that like, once you like, you just want to like take a nap on her shoulder, you know? And she did a great job. It was a fabulous episode and she did spill tea. She's not, you would think maybe she's like a little, maybe like shy. Like she's like a weenie, like a teacher, like she won't, give like you're all winners you know like those types of answers but she for plead the fifth like she really went in that is so funny now of course I want to watch the interview with Frank Sinatra Jr. and see what a bad guest looks like but I love that she answered this question honestly in any way shape or form because it's a hilarious question and it's a hilarious answer yeah and it's like funny that her and Kathy Lee like both use that as their one story because they interview like many many celebrities every week and I'm sure there are celebrities who are like rude or difficult to work with or just like not nice and the fact that they both had the same answer must mean he was like a real terror yeah that it was just like a bad interview that is so funny we love an honest queen we really do and not to feel like sound dumb but Frank Sinatra Jr. is obviously Frank Sinatra's son who's his mom (laughs) Nancy Sinatra I think Nancy Sinatra is also his other kid. <laughs> Frank? Sorry, let me Google him. I don't know. Okay, Frank Sinatra kids. Oh, Nancy is his daughter, and Frank Sinatra Jr. is his daughter. And there's also a Tina. Frank Sinatra Jr. is his daughter? You know what I mean. Sorry, his son. <laughs> Tina Sinatra and Nancy Sinatra. Now, who is their mom? Frank Sinatra Jr. Mom... Nancy Barbado. I don't know her. Okay, so I, w- I was half right. He was um, Frank Sinatra's first wife. Okay. Wow. You learn something new every day. Before you know. Okay, now it is time for our reality TV recap segment. We both watched, unfortunately, Real Housewives of Orange County last night. <sighs> Let's talk about Well, you know what? I want to start with two categories let's start with the houses because three out of the like five housewives moved into new houses gina moved out of the casita and into what appears to be an apartment it's so small and she did the most with um what she had but it's a small space and you know me I'm, i'm i would never judge someone's home except if you're on a show called real housewives that's meant to be aspirational and you show up with a tiny house like sorry I'm going to talk about it. Um, yeah. Then Bronwyn moved into a house that from the outside appeared to be very old and ugly and really close to her neighbors. But on the inside, it's 8,000 square feet. It's completely renovated. It has a nightclub, um, a theater room. It honestly looks sickening. And they filmed like three times at that house last night's episode. Yeah. So I think that what I'm gathering about this Newport beach community which all of a sudden were the real house eyes of newport beach mm-hmm. okay cool is that the houses are close to one another like because it's a beach town and like everyone wants to be on the water it's kind of like um kind of gives me like west hampton vibes yeah. where it's just like it's being close to your neighbors is how it is i did like bronwyn's house i think it's very much her like very fun the inside is very nice and big and i know that you like some nice real estate in your housewives, mm-hmm. so I thought you would be pleased by that. Yes. I also really liked Shannon's house. I love Shannon's life, like yours, mine, and ours. It's the cutest thing. And that there's like a, her man's has a 
has three kids and there's like one kid for everyone to like be friends with and it's really really cute and I'm really happy for Shannon and her house as well and then also the new housewife Elizabeth has a beach house in Newport yes. but it's only her beach house yes. like it's her second it's not her main house so I knew watching <clears throat> it that Claudia was going to be very happy with the level of money that was procured I like someone who has not only a nice house a nice second house and she appears to have homes all over the world so the first part of the episode that we got a lot of intel on was the real estate, which I thought was really just fabulous and fascinating. I'm dying to know where Kelly's living because they didn't address it. They didn't film in her house. And she was living in that like apartment, like near Dr. Brian, like she had a weird living situation. So I would like to know where she's at. But then the other element is all these new men. Gina has a new man. Kelly has a new man. Um, Shannon has a new man. And it's just like, where do, where did these women find these men? Like literally in the span of a year, like so much happened. Yeah, I mean, they literally go out every single yeah. day to find a new man. And I think it's a really good message. It's like, if you put yourself out there and you want it, like, you will you will find love. Yeah, no, it's a fabulous message. Shannon's man is so cute. And you're right, they have, like, such a nice life together. Um, I don't feel like we didn't get to know a lot about um, Gina's man, but he, he gives me, like, very granola vibes. Like, I just, like, he definitely loves to camp. And I don't know, he's definitely not the man I would have picked for myself, but I'm happy for her. He definitely... He definitely loves pentatonics. Definitely. Yeah. I feel like we didn't get a lot of Gina's man, but I don't think you want a lot of Gina's man. No, I don't really want a lot of anything Gina related. I find her intolerable yet again. And last season you were like really into her and towards the end I tried to like come around to her, but I just feel like she tried so hard to be with the cool girls last year. Now the cool girls are just gone and that must be like a really big blow for her. And I I bet, I I just know she's going to invest a lot of time in her friendship with Emily and Emily like really appreciates Gina as a friend so she's gonna let it happen but it's just like I'll never forget that you like tried to ditch your real friends for like the cool girls and then the cool girls left and like you have nothing to do um you know what's funny I did forget like I literally forgot everything that happened last season I forgot like where my allegiances lie all I know is that I typically like ride for Shannon because I think that she deserves like love and happiness um but I literally like my allegiances in this franchise like are so shallow yeah. like they're they don't run deep I do not stand I do not ride for anyone like under any circumstances day or night you know so I just like watching going into a new season I'm just like who are these people who do I like yeah. how do I feel I, I have no idea I'm like what even happened last season like why is Tamara not there I, I literally don't remember. No, I know I actually during the day they were playing like the most recent season um up until the premiere on Bravo and I watched a little bit of that and some of the reunions so, like I was kind of well versed but it's like it's not that complicated and it's not that interesting um I actually though what I took away from this episode is I actually really like Bronwyn I really like someone who's like you know self-aware and can be an introspective and I feel like I don't know have we ever had a completely sober housewife housewife um, I feel like probably. Yeah, Eden Sassoon. Was she sober? Yeah, she was a sober woman, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But see, she only <laughs> lasted one season. Like, I don't know. It's really not an environment where I feel like sober people can thrive. It's actually probably like a really toxic environment fueled by drinking. You have to be an, you have to be an extremely interesting person um, because I think the drinking, sometimes you drink and then you're automatically interesting. Like, it's just, yeah. it's a, a nice crutch. I think it's... I think it's going to be tough for her. Me too. I do. 
Yeah. Oh, we also had, like, Luann sober. Yes, but she had so much going on, like, in her personal life that it made up for the fact that, like, she wasn't falling into bushes anymore. Like, even though, like, that's how low our bar is. Like, that's what makes us laugh on Housewives. But she had all the personal stuff, all the legal stuff, the stuff with Tom. Like, she had enough going on. And she did eventually start drinking. I think there was only, like, two or three seasons where she wasn't drinking. And the other women were drinking enough that it actually made us appreciate a sober woman. Yeah, I do respect Bronwyn and like the end of the episode I thought obviously was the best part of the episode like her um, owning up to where she's at. I actually like, also forgot how I completely felt about Bronwyn. All I remember is like I just kept saying last season that she had no backbone. Yeah. But, like, I don't remember why I felt like she had no backbone. But I also remember that when she came on like she had one of the best like first impressions like uh, before Leah. Mm-hmm. And then like it all kind of went downhill like she came on and she was automatically friended by everyone and then like things turned and you telling me that like I love Gina like I do yes Jackie you were riding or dying I I believe I believe you but like I literally I have no recollection yeah I think part of Bronwyn's backbone situation was that she came in when and she met like the cool girls like she met like Kelly Shannon Tamara first and they all started a friendship off from there and then when the group became divided Bronwyn chose the side that I think she thought was like morally correct she chose like the Kelly and Emily couch and then she was just like wishy-washy and then remember on the double decker bus she like started crying oh my god stop (laughs) yeah no it's all coming back to me so like yeah last night's episode was all about like trying to remember what the the fuck happened season before 100% 100% um it wasn't as bad as I thought it was gonna be if I'm being very very honest I just like I'm just not in the mood I can't explain it I like the new girl though I do like the new girl too what an interesting life she's led I looked up her husband worth 200 million she did say he was a billionaire and Google says he's net worth of 200 million so whatever we'll still a lot of money I'm just saying it's not a billion dollars um but she definitely has good energy (laughs) I love a rich woman she doesn't she and, and her her professional life is also very interesting. I hadn't heard of that streaming service, but I'm sure in the tech world, it's like something prestigious and she's going to sell it, but she has to wait for her divorce to go through and she's not having sex with her boyfriend until her divorce goes through. It's really interesting. It is interesting. And she seems like she also has a great personality to boot, like a big personality. Mm -hmm. Very gives me like Kelly Dodd vibes. Yeah. So I am here for it. I really am. And Kelly Dodd, um, you know, at the very beginning, beginning of her journey here on, Real Housewives of Orange County. I really liked her when everyone hated her. Like when they went to Dublin and Shannon tried to like, you know, coerce her into getting more drinks. I really felt like they were gaslighting her. And I really, um, I really liked her. And it's been a really difficult journey to be a Kelly Dodd fan because she's always letting you down. Like she can never just like take the high road or be mature or like say the right thing. And honestly, I'm, I'm kind of done with her. Oh, I feel like I don't remember what she did last season. I don't remember if I like her or don't like her. So I... It was the Jim Bellino stuff. Oh, yeah. But they were so mean to Kelly last season. I don't know. I'm giving everyone really a clean slate. Me too. Because because I can't remember. Yeah, and because Vicky and Tamara have left, and they were the ones who had, like, the most history with everyone. And I actually really felt like without them, there was, like, a fresh, rejuvenized energy to the show, and I didn't miss them at all. You make a whole whole lot lot of history. history. We could be the greatest greatest thing that the world has ever seen. Um, so yeah, okay. it was fine. Um, 
other than that, I watched Mad Men last night. I finished it and I already spoke about that. Anything you want to recap? Nope, that's all for me. I got to start reading again. I have like so many books on my docket. And so I think that's where I'll be for the rest of the weekend until we see you on Monday. And I'm looking forward to getting back in the studio so that our songs and our singing is more important. Agreed. Thank you guys so much for listening to The Morning Toast. We're back tomorrow with our final podcast episode of the week. And then we're back in studio on Monday. So make sure you are listening to the morning toast the millennial morning show where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know usually on youtube so if you want to watch us on youtube please feel free to subscribe and give any of our videos a thumbs up we're also available obviously as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found so that's spotify itunes stitcher public radio iHeartRadio, Castbox, all the places we're now available on amazon music so wherever you listen to podcasts find us the morning toast and leave a five-star review about how beautiful stunning and smart we are we hope you have an amazing day you guys and we'll see you tomorrow goodbye, goodbye. goodbye.